Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. I'm here with Pastor Clint. How's it going? And Pastor Grant. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. <laughs> doing really good. Feeling giggly today. Yeah, be feeling honest. great. Okay. Yeah, just All a right. happy day. Yes, it is a good day. It's a very good day today. It it's is a beautiful, beautiful day. day. We actually yeah. just had lunch outside. outside. And mm-hmm. People were walking by and yeah, things awesome. were it good. It was great. It, felt good. it did. It felt really good. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're gathered together right now to be mm-hmm. able to talk about a subject that really is in line with what we were just talking about. When do we come back and when do we not come back? Yep. And we want to talk about this idea of us versus them. And right now there's a big issue with that evolving. And it seems like people are are um, splitting in culture right now in yeah. terms of how we view the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. Like, for example, some people actually believe that that this is just no big deal. And maybe even some believe that this is a hoax and um, maybe maybe even believe some other things. But they're they're on the line or on the on the side of people who say, we don't really care if we come back now or, right. you know, right. tomorrow. We're just ready to do it. Let's get everything back and rolling. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have people who are afraid and worried and maybe even have some health concerns. And so they're trying to figure out, like, when do I safely come back? And yeah, so, right. but here, and I think that's fine. I don't think there's any problem with holding, uh, you know, a position. What I think the problem is right now, and maybe what we're struggling with, is that we're looking at each other cross eyed. That's right. Yeah. We're filled with judgment and condemnation. And so I want to kind of like maybe introduce a scripture passage and an idea that we talk a lot about around grace and then maybe talk about maybe some implications and how we live this out. Sure. For example, we basically say around here a lot that the strong take care of the weak. It's something mm-hmm. that I've told my kids for years, and I've taught them that since they were like four or five years old. The strong take care of the weak. I always wanted my children to know that you've got to take care of weaker people. But where does an idea like that come from, and is it really a biblical idea, or is it just a slogan? In Romans chapter 15, verse 1, it says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So the idea behind it is, if you feel like you're in the position of being strong, this is ridiculous, this virus is not a huge deal, or I'm worried about this, and people are being foolhardy who are coming back right now. That's right. If you feel like you are the strong person and have the strong perspective in this, what is your role? What is your responsibility? And it seems like the Bible says, not to please ourselves. Grant, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the the verse you just read there in verse 1, as it continues into verse 2, it tells us each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up, for even Christ did not please himself. And so, yes, we see, one, we have an obligation to bear with with the, the weakness of others, right? And so the strong take care of the weak. But then, like, even beyond that, regardless if you find yourself on whatever side of this, uh, if, if there are tr- defined sides or not, but whatever side you find yourself on, you have a responsibility not to please yourself. You have a responsibility to please your neighbor for their, for their own good. What do, you, what do you think that means, not to please yourself? I think it means that the preferences that I hold, uh, that, I, that I may hold very dear, 
Um, I am not to use my freedom in Christ to take those preferences and to lord them over you, to force them down your throat. Right. Uh, to um, really, I mean, we're talking we're talking about love, right? Because yeah. we're talking. About, I mean, Jesus said all the law and prophets hangs on two things: love God and love people. And we have a, a very great great definition of love in First Corinthians thirteen. Sure do. And it says love doesn't insist on its own way. Like yeah. so, love is ultimately considerate in all things. And think about that. Think more definitions of love. There, it's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not rude. It's not arrogant. What yeah. are we describing? We're describing consideration. And so that's that's what we're seeing here. Our obligation then is to be considerate. And so it doesn't matter. If we look at somebody on, again, using this language, us versus them, if we look at a them, someone yeah. on the other side, that's right. and if we think that their views are stupid. Right. Because straight up, that's what people are thinking right now. Let's just be honest. Yeah, that like, is what the people are thinking. If you're looking at somebody, if, if you hold to the view of we should be, we should all be locked down right now and, and we just need to, to trust what we're hearing and, and, and whatever, then you're looking at somebody who's out there protesting and you're going – what an idiot! Yeah, right? you're thinking. You're thinking. You've bought into conspiracy. You've bought into ridiculousness. Which, vice versa. If you're out there protesting, if you're out there thinking like this is all a hoax, you're looking at other people going, "You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. You're messing up our economy." Like what an idiot, right? Yeah. Uh, but they're not being wise. They're 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 exactly. just they're being foolish and, and fearful. Which your our judgment of what other people believe doesn't come into the scripture at all. That's right. It doesn't. Which I think mm. both those perspectives actually are just stereotypes of each other. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like there are people on both sides of this equation who are thoughtful folks. Right. Yeah, I mean, course. there are people who are actually thinking this through. They're just coming to different conclusions. Yeah. And I think what we're starting to say right now is that that whatever conclusion you come to, which pleases you, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the conclusion that someone else has to have. That's right. Know, right. And so that's why if you feel like you're in the position of strength, I believe this about our circumstances. I believe I'm right. I believe I'm right. Yeah. Then that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else has to believe exactly the way that you do because these are not essentials. Right. That's right. These are not essentials of the Christian faith. This is not the issue of is Jesus Lord? As Christians, we need to agree on that. Yeah, I mean, Galatians 5, 13 says it this way. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom or your rightness or your um, your your area where you go, I'm right and you're wrong, yeah. to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And so mm-hmm. it's the idea that we don't just, maybe you are right. Maybe yeah. you are on the side of, you've got it all figured out and you're headed and you're in that camp, whatever side you're on. But Jesus says, hey, I want you to lay down your right and, and, and serve others in love. That's so. right. And, you know, even so, like, let's just be honest. When you find yourself opposite of someone else, when you have in your mindset that they are a them— you know what I mean? That they are—they uh, are so wrong. We've got—we've got almost nothing in common, right. or, or whatever. Um, which is happening right now. Which is happening. It can be really hard. To, Let, let's let's yeah. let's let's talk about that for a second, because as, as somebody who's like a truth teller, like I love—I mean, truth is very important to me, as I know it is to you guys as well. So when you see for a somebody, second, I thought you were like going to differentiate yourself from, from you guys. <laughs> and be like, unlike you guys, unlike you guys, what's it oh, like okay. to spill lies all <laughs> yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah. No, but 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 because we love the truth, and sure. because we want people, because we're teachers, and we want people to know and have the right knowledge. Sure. When you come across somebody who has a different opinion from you, mm. isn't there a a sense sometimes where you're like, I need to correct you on this? I do think this is a little different though, like what we're talking about. So, um, somebody called it a triage. I think it was Al Mohler, and he said there's three categories through which we think. The first is it's the one that we all agree on as believers, which is stuff like the Trinity. 
the gospel, that Jesus is Lord and that he's, he saves us from our sins. That's, that's the first category. We all agree on that, and that's absolute truth. There's secondary categories like churches have difference of opinions on baptism or different things like that. And so right. one church does pedo, one does believer's baptism. And so Sprinkling. that's a secondary. You can disagree on that and still have fellowship. There's a third category, though, where it's a matter of conscience. And so it's this idea that we um, we think a certain way about something, but it's not necessarily true in the biblical, we're all going to 100% agree to this. It's not gospel. And so in the case of Romans 15 and 14, the idea is, is that there's Jewish Christians and uh, Gentile Christians. And the Gentile Christians don't have a backing of the Torah. And so they, they didn't grow up listening to the Torah or reading the Torah. And so when they came to Christ, they just assumed they could eat whatever they want to eat because they're Gentiles. However, Jewish Christians grew up reading the Torah, listening to the Torah, and they knew they couldn't cert- eat, eat certain meats. And so when that food was offered in their conscience, they felt like they were sinning against God, even right. though in Acts, That's right. God declared that all food is, is good, right, kosher, however you want to say it. And, and so they are able to eat in Christ, but their conscience told them otherwise. And so Paul comes in and says, hey, listen, Gentiles, I understand that you know that you can eat whatever you want. And so that's the strong side. But just because you understand that, these Jewish Christians don't see that. They don't meet eye to eye. They have a matter of conscience when it comes to this. So if they were to eat meat in the temple, you know, given to idols, it breaks their conscience and they sin against God. Right, And so in the same way, you know, it's different in in the case now because we don't have like this ultimate truth when it comes to COVID-19 on when we start back as a business and when we don't. And so there's this tension, there's this matter of conscience, so to speak, where you think you're the right, so maybe you are the strong, that you need to lay down your right. And then the opposite side is saying, well, I can't believe you're doing this. And he's saying, hey, you on the other side, don't judge those people that you're looking at. In other words, oh, you're going to wear that mask? I can't believe you. Or you're not going to wear that mask? Oh, I can't believe you. So let's talk about what you just talked about for a second and talk about how we actually form beliefs and what beliefs are central and what are not, right? Like, for example, um, this is not an essential on any Me- in any measure, this is not an essential. In other words, you can believe either one of these things and still go to heaven, right? We're sure, all right, yeah, of okay. course. All right, yeah. cool. So only people with so, masks in heaven, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so the closer or the stronger that you hold a belief, the more difficult it will become for you to change that belief. Mm. And I, what I find really interesting in this is this: some some people on both the right side of this equation and the left side of this equation hold these beliefs so strongly that these are not just a matter, and this is why they can't change their viewpoints, yeah. right? They hold them so strongly because they've become a matter of identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, if part of us caring for our neighbor, loving other people, is not realizing that I cannot and should not hold beliefs that are central to my identity that are not gospel beliefs. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know? So in other words, it's my political beliefs. And we don't talk about politics at Grace. Right. We do it very, very clearly for a reason, and that is we want the church to be a sanctuary away from the worldliness of the world. That's right. And so because of that, but 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 here right now, as we're talking about identity formation and belief systems. It's very important for us to recognize that if you find yourself with a belief that is so strong that no evidence can change that belief on either side, 
then it may mean that you have beliefs that are attached to your identity. Yeah, that's good. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so if that's true, that I have a belief that's attached to my identity, I have to be able to question that and go, is this really a gospel belief? And really, guys, I mean, whether you believe that uh, that all of this is a hoax or you believe that that this is this is the end of the world, whatever it is, whatever you believe, or you just believe that this is a sickness that we need to you know stay home and, and be away from, whatever it is that you believe, if you believe those things so strongly, they say something about who you've become. Mm, that's right. And you need to evaluate those things. We need to be looking at ourselves going, huh, do these beliefs really represent what the Bible teaches me? Right, that's right. And yeah, the, this identity, this issue of identity, when we think about the the division that is, is show, popping up in any part of our culture, in any part of our relationships, any part of our, um, uh, any part of our world, it's usually tied to identity. Yeah. You know, because why? We're defending, we're defending more than just a belief. We're defending who we are. Yeah. Um, and so, and so we see, we see people fighting, you know, uh, relationships being ruined. We talked about it. I mean, guys, we talked about it in the car about an example. Uh, some people very close to me, a relationship is ruined. They're yeah. not speaking mm. anymore. It's an identity issue, yeah. right? It's because this right. belief I hold so strongly, uh, it defines me yep. in some way, right? Yep. Um, which, which, yeah, so for Christians, it's so important for us to look back and go, Jesus defines me. I'm, de- I'm defined by what he says about me and what his That's word right. says about how I view the world. Um, and so I can't let anything else attach itself to that. It doesn't mean I can't have opinions, yep. but I can't let anything else attach itself to that. So Grant, let's t- let's talk about that for a second. If if that's true that our, you know, and, it, and I believe it is as well. I mean, if our identity is rooted in Jesus and Jesus alone, mm-hmm. then then what do, what what does, what are the implications of that for what we're going through right now? I mean, if, if right now we're going to say, all right, I have some beliefs that are really super strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. That says something about my identity. In seminary, um, I had a professor. His name was Richard Pratt. And um, if you went to RTS, you knew Richard Pratt. He was a Harvard guy. He's brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. He's a stud. So, so um, he had this thing called the cone of certainty. And maybe this will help people understand stuff. Right? So you can think of the cone of certainty as a funnel. You know, just one of those funnels that you pour something in, right? Okay. Um, you can pour oil into it. You can pour whatever. It's just a funnel. And the narrow end of things, that's where your most serious and most central beliefs lie. For me as a Christian... At that end, where that narrow end is, that's Jesus is God. There's a literal, literal heaven and hell. Yeah, that um, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Uh, that there's one name under uh, heaven by which men must be saved. These are core beliefs of mine, mm-hmm. and it would take a Herculean. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't think there's anything that could be done that would make me change my mind on any of those beliefs. Mm-hmm. They are so firmly a part of who I am that I would have to stop being Mike in order for that to be true. Now you go to swing it to the big end of the cone, right? And so these are beliefs like, uh, I don't know, things like um, baptism. You mentioned earlier, Clint. This is something like, should you dunk or should you sprinkle? Well, I think you should dunk. But I am not so married to that idea that if somebody said, you know, will you sprinkle my baby that because we're afraid to put him under the water, that I would not do that. You know, or, or, or whether you should, you know, baptize um, infants or you should not baptize infants. That's another one. These are, these are things that the church has had different ideas about throughout history, right? Some people major on these issues, mm-hmm. and that's a big problem. And I feel like the us versus them mentality right now, that's what that is. Yep. We're not coming to commonality, Jesus is Lord, that our salvation is through him alone, that God loves us and he's for us. These are the central beliefs of the Christian faith, and these are what we should be talking about versus is this the end times? 
I mean, the Bible says that Jesus himself doesn't even know the day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that 300 people who've asked me that question, I'm not going to be able to give a better answer than Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you seen the Facebook like uh, quizzes you can take now? You know what I mean? Like there might be some wisdom there about like we can just figure it out. No, you're right. I, I mean, yeah, there's there's no point in uh, at a pastor used to say like majoring in the minors, right? There's yep. no point in that. Um and it's not leading us to any any place good, any any place helpful. And I, I think it's too it it's interesting when we so that's a question we need to identify for ourselves, right? Like that's something that we need to be introspective about and we need to think, is this, am I attaching this belief to my identity? Am right. I, am I taking this belief and putting it through that cone of certainty, like you said, yep. and is it my, pri- is it in that primary um, a grouping of, of beliefs? Right? What are some indicators that that would be the case? Like just as people are listening and they're thinking I, through that, I think inflexibility. Yeah, I, I was going to say, are are you get or how how ardently are you defending this? Yeah. How like, mad are you getting how mad angry? You get? How yeah. mad do you get? Yeah. How, yeah, like the emotion that it draws. Like for me, um, I mean, I just I I'm going to ardently say Jesus is God for the rest of my life, no yeah. matter what. And if right. you challenge that, then it's going to be frustrating to yeah. me. Not that I won't answer your questions or try to be patient with you, but at the end of the day, this is not something that you're going to ever get me to change. But I will change my mind on whether or not this truck is cool or that truck is cool, yep. you know, right. based on the model and what's going to happen. It's just information that changes. So to me, I think like one of the things as pastors we want to be saying to people right now is don't take the us versus them mentality that's evolving right now. I'm on the side of this is ridiculous. I'm on the side of this is really serious. Yep. This should be at the broad side of the cone, not mm-hmm. at the narrow side of the cone. Mm-hmm. And if it is at the narrow side of the cone, you have to ask yourself why. What have you bought into? What do you believe right now that makes you think that to the exclusion of any other input? Which so so that's internal, right? But but beyond that, so so as you answer that question for yourself, when we think about external, so so you do have your opinion and you're finding people that are having the opposite opinion of yours. What do I do about that? What do I do about the thems? And Jesus made it really clear when he he told the parable to Good Samaritan. Uh, there was basically someone asking that very question: Who are the people I I have to take care of? Who are the people that are my neighbors that I that I have to right. love and Who's serve? In? Who's in? Who's in? Right? Who who do I need to be patient with? Who do I need to be kind with? Who do I need to not insist on my own way and put their needs first? Just tell me because I need to make that list. Because I got a lot of people on the other list. I want a short list. I want thing. a short yeah. list, right? <laughs> yeah. And Jesus, Jesus tells us this parable where he picks the most us versus them uh, group he could think of, right? The Samaritans and the Jews, who, right. who absolutely were enemies at the yeah. time, disrespecting their places of worship. I mean, they absolutely were 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 diametrically opposed, yeah, right? right. The, this is us versus them. This is protest, uh, protesting stay at home order versus you know versus staying at home and and writing angry blog posts about people who protest, right? <laughs> this is the most us versus them example, and Jesus says neighbors. They're all neighbors. That's what he says. And so Jesus is defining for us that there are no thems for us. They're only neighbors for us. Um, and so what that means is that the people that, that, we, that we see, whether they agree with us or not, they're neighbors. And they are in. And they are on that list of people that we're to be patient with and we're to be kind with. And we're to, we're to put their needs above our own, right? So as, as believers then, as we look around and only see ourselves surrounded by neighbors— 
that means we don't elevate ourselves to judge them. Instead, we always humble ourselves to serve them. So Philippians 2.3 says just that. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And I feel like right now the arguments are vain conceit. This yeah. is like, I know the information. You don't know the information. Mm-hmm. I'm right. You're wrong, yeah. right? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. What a great phrase. And, and that's just so wise that we're not walking around thinking that we are everything. We have a theological and an intellectual humility that tells us, I don't need to be better than you. In fact, I'm going to do my best to lift you up. Yeah. That's right. And if you start right. with that in the in the argument, it's not going to be an argument. Right. Yeah. I don't have to be right. Right. Like, I want the relationship. Right. <laughs> you need to be right or have the relationship. Right. I want the relationship. Yeah. Like, like I want... Absolutely. I want... I mean, Jesus humbled himself to the point of, of death, death on a cross. Jesus hung on a cross that says to everybody he was wrong. That's, that's right. what that's what the cross signified sure was did. that you're wrong. You are he was the ultimate embodiment of wrong and he was right. right. He was the ultimate right. He is the ultimate right. right. And right. he allowed himself to become the ultimate wrong. Why are we so afraid of being wrong? Why are we so afraid of letting people assume we're wrong so that we can serve them and be close to them and love them like Jesus yeah. did? It's the ultimate picture of the humility of Jesus that we would allow people to call us wrong and we say that's okay. I love you. How can I serve you, right? You can win an argument or you can win a person, but you can't do both. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys. Well, we're at the end of another podcast. We hope that this has been helpful for you. We will see you next Wednesday. Uh, Please rate and review Next Steps on Apple Podcasts. This is Pastor Mike. Pastor Clint. Pastor Grant. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Due to the coronavirus, Grace is not gathering in person right now, but we're still worshiping and learning together online each week. Find out how you can be a part of Grace at Home at discovergrace.com.